Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. Amen. I don't know if you knew this. Um, just thought I'd tell you. Uh, two weeks till Christmas. So I tell you. Didn't know if you knew it. Next week is our uh, program here on a Wednesday night. And the next Wednesday after that is actual Christmas Day. We're not doing a service on Wednesday night, but we are on Tuesday night of that week. Uh, so what is that, the 24th? And uh, doing a, a one-hour Christmas Eve service. We've done that now for the last two, three, four years, whatever it's been. And, uh, and we do keep it right to an hour. That's pretty amazing. Miracles do happen. <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. And uh, anyway, praise God. Um, we have... Uh, What's that, Juan? Christmas dinner on Sunday. That's this Sunday. Thank you, Juan, for bringing that up. Juan always remembers the food stuff. He's good about that and keeps me, keeps me informed. Praise God. Are you doing tacos? That's what I want to know, Juan. That man can make some good tacos. It's anointed. It's anointed tacos. Huh? Isn't it? Don't you think? Those have had tacos? Don't you think? That guy's good at it. Praise the Lord. I can sit and eat them all day. I, I, somehow they don't, you can never get full. It just keeps coming and keeps going and praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. So, amen. So, but anyway, we're, uh, we're doing the, uh, the dinner uh, Sunday night and then the kids program on, on Wednesday, the next Wednesday. And uh, Gifts for Giggles is also on Thursday. Is that right? Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. What did I say? Sunday, Saturday. Saturday from 10 to 3. That's this Saturday, so those that are helping, um, praise the Lord, and those that ain't helping, come check it out. It's actually a pretty cool deal, uh, what they do, and, um, you know, all these kind of deals that we do like that with, uh, you know, the Gifts for Giggles, uh, Boys' Day, Girls' Day, the, um, the Harvest Carnival, uh, B, you know, VBS, all that's geared towards, you know, reaching our young kids and getting the families in. You know, there's, there's so many uh, unchurched kids that come into our VBS, and, uh, you know, a lot of them kids have come to Christ, but the key is not just to get the kids, but to get the whole family in. So these are all kind of events to try to get us to connect with these kids again throughout the course of the year, not just in June and the VBS, but through the course of the year. And, uh, you know, Gifts for Giggles is a big part of that. It helps with that kind of thing. And... They come, they get to hang out here, the parents hang out while the kids do a little shopping, and, and uh, it's just kind of a neat deal and speaks to the families, amen? It's a cool deal. So we appreciate everybody that's involved in that and helps out with that, and, uh, and that's kind of really just sums up why we do what we do, you know? So anyway, God is good, right? Yeah. Hallelujah. So with that said, uh, we have, uh, at least I have, let's put it that way. Uh, in my midweek services, in the whole year, I mean the whole year, uh, my time with you on midweek, uh, we have preached on uh, really the life of faith or living by faith. And um, uh, so our key verse that we've used, nearly now it's about, about 30 services that, that, uh, that I've ministered through uh, this year. And uh, so uh, Mark 11, uh, key verse here, uh, verse uh, 22 uh, says, uh, Jesus answered, said, have faith in God. Of course, he was asked a question by the disciples uh, about the fig tree and all that, that happened there. And, and uh, so he just kind of gives a simple answer, have faith in God. And, you know, if you just kind of speed read that, uh, you know, you might kind of miss what's really being said there. But, you know, you think about it, it's kind of a dust statement, have faith in God. But, uh, but, you know, when you stop and think about it, it's, 
it's real easy to, uh, uh, to have a day where you're not having faith in God. It happens, you know, uh, you know, in one way or another. And so we have every, uh, you know, every week talking about, uh, uh, you know, coming at it from different angles and talking about faith, what it means to live by faith, walk by faith. The word itself, faith, is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S, P-I-S is the Greek word. And uh, it just means to, uh, you know, to uh, have belief in or to have trust in or confidence in to rely or depend upon, amen, to literally have convictions, another synonym to that, amen, uh, you know, assurance, confidence, you know, these are all synonyms that, uh, for, this, uh, for this word. And so, you know, to have faith in God. So we've been kind of coming at that from every and have, have, con- have your convictions in God. If you're going to have conviction, it ought to be in God, right? If you're going to have confidence, you ought to have confidence in God. If you're going to trust in something, you might as well trust in God. Come on, right? If you're going to rely on something, let's rely on God. Praise God. Amen? So anyway, that's why we've been talking this. And the Amplified Version just adds the word uh, constantly. Amen? Have faith in God constantly. And I just thought that's a good point, right? Because, uh, you know, it's, there's a good chance you may not be doing it constantly. You know, it might be hit and miss. So we've been talking about doing it constantly every day. Praise God. We live this way. Amen? Uh, let's see. The message translation. Uh, it says, embrace this God life. Amen. That's how he words it here. Embrace this God life. Really embrace this God life, right? And nothing will be too much for you, right? You know, and it goes on to say, you, you know, this mountain, for instance, just go tell it to go jump in the lake. And guess what? No shuffling, no shilly-shallying, and it's as good as done. Praise the Lord. Amen. But uh, the key on this one that I brought for this translation is because it talks about the God life. And with that said, Hebrews 10 Hallelujah. Verse 38, now the just, that's you. Look at your neighbor, smile real big, say it's a good thing you're the just. Praise God. Amen. Now the just shall live by faith. That's how we live. That's how we conduct life. This is our lifestyle. Amen. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure or brings no satisfaction to him. Praise God. So in other words, faith is always a move forward thing, not a draw back thing. Amen. Now the just shall live by faith. The just, that's who you are. That's not what you're trying to be. Come on, a lot of times people think about just, and that word also means righteous or righteousness. Uh, a lot of people kind of confuse that sometimes with holiness. And uh, holiness is what you're, what the, the lifestyle, what you're trying to walk, what you're trying to live, praise God. But just, justified, righteous, righteousness is who you are. You've been made righteous. You've been made the just. You're already justified. Why? Because Jesus paid a price for you. Already paid a price for you. You couldn't be good enough to be justified. You couldn't be good enough to be righteous. Now, the word talks about bearing the fruits of righteousness, but as far as being righteous, you became that when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So that's why it says the just, talking about you and me, the believers, praise God, the just shall live by faith. Praise the Lord. Now, we're in Hebrews. Let's go to chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. You doing good today? Did y'all come to receive? Praise the Lord. So Hebrews 12, we uh, looked at this last week. We were talking about uh, a faith that's focused, focused faith. Amen. And I'm going to talk some more about that. So with that, maybe I'll just do a little bit of a review on some things we talked about last week and then kick it off into what we have for you today. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 3. Let's read that. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded 
by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, the word witness means one that provides evidence of. And, of course, who he's talking about is the people he just got done mentioning in chapter 11. So all of our patriarchs of faith, the men and women of God who did great things that basically revealed or showed or they gave witness in their life of what it means to walk by faith, to live by faith. Praise God. Amen. So since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he says something here. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us or trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So how many know you got a race to run? Amen. Let's try that one more time. How many know you got a race to run? Amen. There's a race to run. Amen. Now, it's not a, not, it's not a sprint. Uh, it's an endurance race. Amen. And uh, so it's, it's something that uh, we got to stick with it, stay with it, praise God. And as we've said many times, uh, no matter how great of a, uh, a testimony you had when you come to Christ, all the great things that happened along the way, the key in this is not so much about how you got started, but how you're going to finish this thing. And that's the key. That's what, kind of what we're talking about, this focused faith. It's about finishing. Amen. So we got to stay locked on here. Amen. And it tells you what you got to do in verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus. In other words, we got to stay locked on. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the originator, that word also means, and the perfecter of our faith. So he's an, the author or originator or the finisher or perfecter of it. So you stop thinking about not only you know, staying focused on him because of the race will run, but remember now uh, the, that lifestyle that you're trying to live. Remember, he's our example, right? He's our example. So he's the author of the hilt. He's the one that knows how this thing works. And he's the one that knows how to take you to the end. Amen. To perfect you, praise God, or perfect your walk, amen, in God, your, your faith walk, praise God. Now it says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, of course, we've talked a little bit, some things about the cross, and, and I talked quite a bit more about things about the cross on Sunday, and what that means to take up your cross and, uh, you know, and so I kind of make mention last week, uh, a couple minutes in there, talked about that not only do you have a race to run, but you got a cross to bear. Amen? And uh, a cross just, when you break it down, it, it just literally means the denying of self. So in other words, there are times that, you know, in your race, amen, that there might be times you have to, you know, put you aside. Do this anyway. Come on, right? So, I mean, you think about it, you know, so the whole idea is that he's trying to let you know here, you have a race to run, you got a cross to bear at times, he says, so, you know, you got to stay locked on. If you're going to finish this thing, you got to stay locked on, all right? A lot of people don't necessarily, you know, like the, you know, the bearing the cross thing. Come on, somebody. How many know that's more than just wearing a, a cross around your neck? Nothing wrong with that, but I just, amen. Some people say, well, I got a cross on my neck, that, that I'm bearing my cross. Well, that's not totally what it means, unless somebody's got the backside of it and choking you. Now, that might, no, no, I'll leave that alone. Wrong picture. Yeah, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so, he endured the cross, right, despising the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's go ahead and read verse 3. For consider him, say locked on, focused on him, right, who, uh, who endured such hostility, amen, and he did, didn't he, uh, from sinners against himself, amen, lest you, why, why do we do all this? Why are we looking to him? Why are we considering him? 
Well, so, you know, remember when these things are, you're weighing on you, you become weary, you become discouraged. Remember, amen, you can do this. He did it, you can do it, praise God. Come on, right? Stay, stay locked onto him, consider him, stay focused on him. And with that said, back to verse 2, and we're going to kind of jump around and see where we go with this. But verse 2, looking unto him, just means to consider attentively or to focus upon. All right, so that's where we get this word focus, all right? Direct your attention upon him, right? And also the word set in that verse, where it says he, for the joy that was set before him, the word set there means to, 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 to lie something before one's view. So in other words, he, for the joy set before him, he endured what he endured. So in other words, he stayed locked on, amen, uh, the joy of, you know, we could say the joy of what it was going to do for you and me or the joy of what it did for all mankind, or how all, all of mankind at that moment, all, all, really everything on the planet shifted and changed after he did what he did. It literally did. Amen. Things are different. Amen. Uh, you know, what he did uh, to the enemy, what he did for you and me. Amen. Things that shifted, uh, you know, uh, just on behalf of all mankind. Redemption. Uh, forgiveness, I mean, all the blood and all that it represents and everything that happened there. Amen. Now, so we've been talking a lot about focus, all right, so uh, at least last week. And so back up uh, again, um, who do I got back? Karen, back up to verse 1. And uh, thank you, Karen. Give Karen a hand clap. What a blessing. Amen. So we were talking about, uh, brought out a couple of the things that was mentioned here. One, it talks about every weight. Uh, you know, uh, now, uh, you know, you see every weight and the sin uh, which so easily ensnares us or trips us up. You know, a lot of times we, uh, you know, people reading that might kind of lump those things together a little bit in, in the sense, uh, you know, but when you stop and you look at what it means by the weight, um, and we did that last week, and we found out that it talks about a, a heavy load or to be weighed down or burdened. Some of, you, some of you across them might even say burdened, um, but it means someone that's overloaded or overwhelmed. The word stress could actually be fit, fit into here. It actually is kind of a synonym that would fit in here. Um, so, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of things going on that try to distract us. Hello. Distract us from, from our focus. Amen. And that's kind of what we really dove into uh, last week, and so one of those distractions sometimes is the being overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with what? Well, it doesn't always have to be bad things. Uh, it literally refers to personal obligations, responsibilities, duties. Um, we, other places of the word we went to talks about the affairs of this life or practical matters, uh, the cares of this world, talking about business matters, uh, you know, even serving. Remember Martha? Martha even got all caught up and distracted and, be, and she was serving. There was nothing even wrong with serving. But she was supposed to be in the other room at that moment listening. Come on, somebody. And she got overwhelmed, amen, even with a good thing. Because there's nothing wrong with serving, right? But what happened was she, you know, got a little overwhelmed with it. Now, the key to that, the reason I, I, I think that's so key with uh, when you're talking about distractions, I've seen a lot of people, you know, lose focus on where they're headed in God. Uh, get their, their race, they get a stumble uh, or two and going on in a race because they get so caught up with life. Well, you know, I just got a lot on my plate. Well, who doesn't? 
Well, you know, I, I, got, I, I got family. Well, who doesn't? Well, I got a job. Well, who doesn't? You know, well, you don't understand. No, no, we always, we do understand. See, that's why you got to stay focused. See, if you're not locked on looking unto him, what's going to happen is you're going to get overwhelmed because everything that you're doing, and you know, especially in God, hello, somebody, I got to maybe clarify that, but uh, everything that we're doing, you know, all the stuff, just everyday life stuff that goes on, amen, he's not asking any of us to do all this without his ability and his strength. But you're going to have to stay focused. And it's a good message going into holidays. Because sometimes we kind of lose sight of that. Amen. We got all this stuff. And then the church got all this other stuff. And just got stuff all the time. Gosh, I'm just so overwhelmed. Well, it's a good thing you're here today. Amen. Because you don't have to be overwhelmed. Amen. Hallelujah. Just stay locked on Jesus. And you might be amazed at how much of that, that weight is lifted. No longer pulling you down and causing you to stumble. Amen. Hallelujah. Joy and all kinds of stuff. Peace and strength and courage and all that kind of stuff begins to uh, take over. Praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, you can actually enjoy the holidays. Praise the Lord. That was weak. <laughs> all right, we'll move on. Hallelujah. So the weight was one of the things we talked about. We also talked about the sin then, which so easily ensnares us. And really, when you break it down, it's... It's, you know, sin just means uh, that which, you know, to, to know to do good and not to do it. That's out of uh, James 4. First uh, John 3 brings out that sin is, is lawlessness, lawlessness is sin. Uh, and, and also Romans 14 even says that whatever is not of faith is sin. So, in other words, if you're confident and trusting in God and you're doing things outside of God and you know, you, you should know better, come on somebody, that you're crossing a line to this thing called sin, which is which ensnares you, entraps you, or trips you up. And it does, doesn't it? Um, it's, it really, when you break it down, though, it's more about, it's more about the temptation. Uh, because what happens is we, 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 we stop, uh, we're not as focused on Him. Pretty soon we're more focused on, on temptation. And uh, we kind of took a little time and, and studied that up last week. But uh, the bottom line is that, um, you know, um, you know, Focus determines direction. Distraction determines direction. So if uh, we can either be focused on him or get distracted on something else, and the next thing you know, it determines a direction. So a lot of folks get caught up in things, doing things, crossing the line that they said that they'd never do again or whatever, no matter what we're doing. And we're, again, we're not condemning anybody. We're just saying this is how it works. And this is what James said. James 1 brought it out. He said, listen, the way this all works is by attention, where you give your attention. And now you give place to it. And then it gives birth to sin. Amen. And, you know, it's, it's just what, how it works. So you stay more focused on the things of God. Do what it takes to keep your attention locked on to God. You're less apt to get stressed out. You're less apt to get overwhelmed. You're less apt to get tripped up by some mistake. Again, come on, somebody, some sin, you know, crossing some line you wish you wouldn't have crossed. So these are things that help you, amen, in keeping, uh, you know, keeping yourself in the race, keeping yourself, praise God, bearing that cross, doing what you're called to do, amen, by staying focused on Him. Now, another thing I want to bring out today, uh, let's go to verse 2, Karen. Let's put that up again. Uh, looking, are you do doing okay? Yes. That was kind of a quick review there, so hopefully it all made sense to you. 
Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Spent a lot of time in this verse over the last week or so, haven't we? Amen. So he endured the cross. Then it said, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Of course, that's after he, you know, the price was paid up, after he did everything he did with the cross. Uh, there was the, the death, the burial, the ascension, uh, death, burial, resurrection, and then ascension. All that had happened. But there's a, a phrase in here a lot of times that I think we just kind of read through it pretty quick, uh, despising the shame. And uh, a lot of times, you know, we, we, because we know what he all went through, and verse 3 even brings out the fact, you know, everything he went to, but uh, all that attack and everything went. And so sometimes we just kind of look at that and we think, well, it's just talking about that hostility that he experienced uh, from sinners against himself, and that's what it's referring to. And, and, and not that we're necessarily saying it's not referring to that, but um, I want to define this today because I see it as an, a distraction. Okay? See, he didn't, lay, he didn't let the shame distract him. Okay? Now, what's that mean? Well, let's, let's look at it. Okay? Are you doing okay? Okay, despising the shame. That's what we're going to define here today. All right, despising uh, the shame. The word despising uh, means disregarding. So disregarding the shame means to give no heed or to think against. In other words, what he's saying is he didn't focus on it. He disregarded it. Okay, so what do you mean the shame? Is that talking about like, uh, you know, guilt or something like that or condemnation? Or, well, the word, if you look it up, in fact, some of your cross-references might even say disgrace. Okay, but it's referring to embarrassment, humiliation, disgrace. Uh, uh, Derogate, uh, derogate. I don't know if I'm even saying that right, but it just means to belittle. I had to look it up. What does that mean? Uh, to belittle, uh, to demeaning, uh, to invalidate. So in other words, all that was happening was they were bringing disgrace, embarrassment, humiliation, belittling, demeaning, to invalidate who he was, why he was here, what he was going to do. Are you still with me? Yes. Now, so what all people were doing this, right? So we know uh, what, what he's saying is that he didn't give heed to what everyone else thought. I mean, that's what, how it breaks down. He endured the cross. He, he didn't worry about what everybody else thought. Well, who, 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 who thought? Well, um, for one, the disciples... There were times the disciples didn't even have a clue who he was. Hello. There were times they, you know, he'd say something and they'd say, now, wait a minute. Okay, well, let's just break it down. Just, just, how about just during the time, you know, the last night before, you know, hanging on the cross. So we have the Sanhedrin. So all the religious leaders of that, of that area right there were there. He's in front of them. The chief priests, the scribes, um, the word even says the council. Uh, so there was, a count, there was all kinds of people that were there that were basically invalidating who he was, mocking him, 
Come on, somebody. Saying things. Right? Right? Now, listen. Come on. Let's work with me on this one. Okay. So what else was, was going on? Well, he, he stood before Pontius Pilate. Now, Pontius Pilate, I don't think, was really rude to him or mean to him. There's a lot of things, actually, if you t- study uh, some history, um, there's some things about Pontius Pilate. In fact, his wife was actually, according to history, um, according to the writings of Josephus, which was the historian of the day at that, at that, at that location, and Josephus said that uh, Pontius Pilate's wife was actually healed by Jesus. Went in to where she was, ministered to her, she was raised up, and that's why we see in, in, in reference on one of the Gospels says that his wife says, have nothing to do with that just man. Please don't get involved with this. You know, he's a good man. Well, that's why Pontius Pilate really is trying to, uh, you know, trying to really, uh, you know, this guy's a good guy. You sure you really want to kill this man? I mean, he's a good guy. And they said, you know, we'll, we'll, how about if we release one of, a, one of our prisoners? Let's, maybe we could release him. That's, he's thinking maybe they'll just release him and let him go. And they, you know, they said Barabbas. And, of course, who was a, you know, pretty evil dude. Come on, somebody. They wanted Jesus crucified. And there were some things that even Pontius Pilate said to him, uh, you know, in the midst, even though he wasn't rude or mean, but he basically said in so many words, I mean, dude, I got power to, you know, do whatever here. And he said, no, you don't have nothing unless I give it to you. <laughs> in other words, you really don't know who you're talking to. All right, are you still with me? I mean, we're talking about people, all kinds of ways that things were said, the crowd, things that were said, things that he went through, things that were done that possibly could have, would have brought embarrassment to anybody. Still with me? You say, well, Pastor, what, 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 what are you getting at? Well, this all could have been a distraction. The word's clear that at any given time, even out of his own mouth, he made clear if he wanted to call 10,000 Legion of angels, he could do it. Everything could have been done in a heartbeat. He could have just said, you know what? Forget all this mess. Nobody needs to go through this. They don't even like, they don't even care anyway. Right? They don't even give a rip whether I'm, you know, going to do this or not. They don't, they just, they, you know, they deny me. And I mean, if it was a while there, there wasn't nobody on his side. Is anybody hearing me? All right, I'm just trying to say, see, he could have gave heed to all that. He could have gave heed to that. But he didn't. Why? Because he had purpose. He had something to get done. So he stayed focused, amen, on what he had to do, stayed focused on the joy that was set before him, amen, and he endured the cross, and disregarded all the shame. Disregarded it. Come on. So, well, what do you mean by all this, Pastor? Well, you know, we have one person say one ugly thing about us, and we're, pff, we're out of our race. <laughs> one guy look at your cross eye. <laughs> Crash and burn. <laughs> Thought you loved the Lord. I do. Leave me alone. One person didn't agree with you. 
You have a race to run. I don't care. I want to be a hermit. I'm going to live in a cave and eat beans all day. Whatever. Come on. Can't stand this. I'm done. I'm quitting. I'm out. Dude, they just, it's just somebody ran their mouth. Yeah, but they shouldn't have done it. Probably not. But you're not focused. You're distracted. You let some word, something said, pull you under? Really? Right? Well, they're mean. Well, sometimes you are too. Well, not that mean. Oh, yeah, sometimes you are. Yeah. Well, they overlook me. Well, sometimes you overlook people too. Are you all with me? You're so glad you came out on a Wednesday night. See, I'm talking about being distracted. Okay, this is a good time for you to believe God. This is a good time for you to forgive and love people regardless. And yes, it will take faith in God to do this sometimes. Sometimes it takes believing in God, trusting in God, even though it looks like nobody else is on your side. I got a God that's with me, never, for, never leave me nor forsake me. Praise God. He's on my side according to the word. Amen. So if he's on my football team, I win. Come on. Doesn't matter who's playing on the other side. If God's on my side, my quarterback's passes always work. And there's always a receiver, no matter where he throws. We win. Look at your neighbor and say, we win. Amen. We win. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, just for, you know, just thought I'd throw this out here, okay? Um, a race or your race, we could just make it personal here, can be drastically altered with regard to others' viewpoints. In other words, you've got a race to run, but if you're going to be more concerned about what everybody's thinking, how everybody else sees it, then your race is going to be altered. You're probably not going to finish right. Are you still with me? Okay. Somebody says, well, Pastor, I mean, stop and think about it. I mean, not everybody's going to agree with you. Um, sometimes, you know, your boss don't agree with you or your employee, depending on if you are the boss. Coworkers may not agree with you. That friend may not, that associate. It could be a distant relative. Anybody have any of those? They may not agree with you, you know. It could be extended family or even close family. Now, I'm going somewhere with all this. Not everybody's always going to be with you and agree with you, but you still have to run your race and at times still pick up that cross and carry it. Amen. And sometimes it does. you have to deny yourself and not get all caught up in everything, not be so distracted with everything. Stay locked on and focused on Him who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Are you still with me? All right. Praise God. Now, it's easy to disregard the views of those we don't give a rip about. I know, that's a little strong. Let's just say those we um, maybe care little for. Throw that out. It doesn't sound quite so mean. But there's people out there, you know. I mean, if, if you know, if, if, if that uncle out there who sits in front of the TV with his belly hanging out yelling for another beer says something to you you might go whatever dude 
right? If the guy down at work that you really don't care, he doesn't matter about, you know, what he works over there, I work here, and whatever, dude, right? Maybe even once in a while, maybe even the media says something, and, you know, you kind of, yeah, some of them, yeah, whatever, dude. But that person that's close, that friend, the person you've been working next to, maybe sitting next to in the church, does it sound like I'm going to meddle? It kind of does, don't it? It sounds like I'm almost about ready to meddle. And it's like, a, what's he going to say? But when they say something, it's like, now there's disruption, right? Now we're distracted. Well, you shouldn't really worry about out of that either. Stay focused. Finish your race. Come on, somebody. So I have a couple verses. Psalms 118, verse 8 says, It's better to trust in the Lord. And to put confidence in man. How I many know that to be true? Amen. It could even be somebody that's dear to you. Amen. So don't, you don't put your confidence in men. Don't put your security in, 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 in a person. Amen. Now praise God for those around us. We praise God for the support that we get and, and uh, the loved ones. And our heart is that you know, everybody's going to serve God and do the right thing and choose life. And, and that's what we want. But you know as well as I do, uh, not everybody's always going to uh, choose life. And not everybody's always going to agree. And, and um, sometimes, you know, they, they might even be a little bit more vocal and, than you want them to be. And, and next thing you know, you're caught up in it. It happens. It happens. Proverbs 29 and 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe or secure. The word fear there is not just, not just referring to uh, you're, you're fearful of somebody per se, but the more about your, your literally means to put more confidence in another than you should. And it's ta talking about, you know, so you're more concerned about what they think or how they feel about it. And uh, so every time they say something, you're like, hey amen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to alter how you think. Well, the fear of man is just a snare. Still with me? So, you know, uh, you know, with that said, um, let's look at, uh, we're going to do in Proverbs, and Proverbs 12. Let's do that. Proverbs 12. Now, remember, we're talking about distractions. Amen. About staying focused with your faith. Proverbs 12. <clears throat> A lot of times, uh, these are things we discuss when, um, um, you know, even in our you know, identity and talking about identity and things. It's, if you don't watch it pretty soon, we're more concerned about what everybody else, how everybody else views us, how everybody else thinks about us. Um, and all that is is a trap. It's a snare of the enemy because all it takes is one person, especially somebody maybe you respect, and they say something that goes cross-grain. Come on, somebody. And it levels your life. Come on. And that ought not be. So we got to be more focused on him. What does he think? Right? I do this. Why? Be for him. Amen. I stay focused on him. I lay aside everything else. It's all right. I'm, I'm, going, his, I'm going his way. Praise God. His way or no way. What's that when guy said? No, no highway option. <laughs> his way or no other way, right? Come on. All right. So anyway, the righteous, that's you and me, should choose his friends carefully. I mean, that's probably important. Well, why is that so important? Well, for 
The way of the wicked leads them astray. And that means this, that uh, not everybody's necessarily looking to lead you in the right way. Right? Now, this, most of the time we look at this and we think, yeah, that's, I mean, duh. You know, you should have good friends, and that's right. Well, but, you know, even now and then, once in a while, a good friend has a bad attitude. Huh? Well, you know, have you ever been burned? I'm not talking about by a, a match or something. I'm talking about a relationship. Somebody said something. Somebody did something. And, uh, you know, you trusted them. You, you confided in them. You, uh, you know, you, 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 know, you kind of held on to what they had to say. And, and, and you know, and, and, you know, it happens. You know, you get people that get close. And then every now and then you, something happened. And then somebody's hurt. And I've seen way too many times where people back up on their walk in God because of, of something like that happening. And it should not happen that way. I mean, you're not here, you know, because of any other human being. You're here because of what the Lord did for you. Right? I mean, really? I mean, I'm serving not, um, you know, I, I like it that you like me. <laughs> I like to be liked. But if you don't, oh, well, <laughs> I still have to do what I'm doing. Uh, whatever. You know, I'm a good guy. If you got to know me, you'd really like me. But, hey, you know, I still got to do this, right? So I, I do this because of him. And so, uh, you know, sometimes people are, you know, they're all, I love you. I, I believe in you. I'm agreeing with you. And then there's just some people that don't. And it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to, they're just going to be ornery. And there's a few folks that believe that's their job. That's their calling. And that's, that's true. And you have them, I have them, we all have them. Somebody says, I'm not feeling real edified right now, Pastor. No, it's out there. The point is you got to settle it. Okay? I'm focused on him. And if I stay locked on him, I'm going to finish my race, regardless of who's with me, who ain't with me. And I hope you're all with me. I hope you all finish with me. It'd be cool we all went home together. You know, when that trumpet sounds and we're out of here, praise the Lord, and, and we're all going together, and, you know, we can all stand there all together. Praise the Lord. Right? Hallelujah. And, we're, and that's what we hope for. But, but every now and then, you know, things happen, and. Things don't quite go as planned, and, you know, somebody takes a little detour and got a little bit distracted, and then it caused another person to be distracted, which then caused another person to be distracted. And next thing you know, we got, uh, you know, we got a, a jam on the highway over here uh, on, the, on the wrong road. Come on, somebody. And um, anyway, um, but, uh, you know, you got you to guard who you choose. I mean, for friends, obviously, but, um, you know, because... The word wicked even on this, you know, it doesn't necessarily just mean some heathen. Um, the word wicked just means they're, they're up, they're down, they're in or out. They're, 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 not, they're not stable, okay? Um, it's many times I use that phrase, you know, what the word here comes from that, even that word we use for wicker furniture. So that's that weave, they're up, they're down, they're in, they're out. And uh, some people are that way. And, 
and uh, even people we love. I mean, there's some people I like to, I love to visit with because some people are just, they're just fun to visit with. And every time you talk to them, you know, they just, you're going to find yourself laughing and, and you say about anything and they, ah, and then, then the, and the next day they're, it's like, they did what? They said what? They were where? They were, and you think, you just, you just can't put your confidence in something, that, and, but yet about just the coolest guy when you're with him, you know what I mean? And the, but one day they're up. Next day they're not. Some days you feel like a nut. Some days you don't. Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But you know, if you put your confidence in that, you know, if you if that if if that relationship with that individual is going to be such a high priority to you, it might it might affect your race. Could be. So you got to stay focused. Look at your neighbor. And say, stay focused, will you? All right, Proverbs 13, let's just look a chapter over. Verse 20, it says this, He who walks or associates with wise men will be wise, but a companion of a fool will end up destroyed. Well, it's just, you know, again, it happens. So you you got to stay focused. Amen. Hallelujah. In this case, you know, definitely dealing with, you know, there's those that remain that walk with wisdom and stay with that so you can stay wise. And companion of a fool make you a fool. Right? The point is, just it's just showing the importance of, you know, guarding who you hang out with. But even at that, with everything that we're saying today, praise God, it doesn't matter how they end up, where they end up, you still have to keep running your race. Come on, and you got to stay focused. Amen. Uh, Psalms 1, let's look at this, just, just kind of in the light of some of the things we've been talking about. Psalms 1, simple, you know few verses there. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. In other words, somebody stays more focused on God, right? And he shall be like a tree then planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Now the point being, okay, he's saying the same type thing. You've got to guard where you walk, where you stand, where you sit. There's all kinds of stuff out there that's going to try to pull you another way. Stay focused. Amen. Stay locked onto Him. Stay locked onto His Word, His ways. Come on, somebody. And what will happen? And you'll prosper. You'll succeed. Amen. You'll be victorious. You'll finish your race. Come on, right? Are you still with me? Okay, now we're building. We're building. Are you still going? Are you still building with me? Come on now. Amen. So, praise the Lord. Stay focused. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew 10, so, you know, we deal with, you know, associations of all kinds, friends, and, but what if it's family? Now, you know, now you're meddling, Pastor. Well... Sometimes family can hang you up. Our heart is everybody serves God. And you've got, you got promises in here you can stand on for everybody to serve God. But once in a while, you know, even a family member doesn't agree. All, just stay focused. It's all good. <laughs> so it says this. It says, uh, let's go to verse, uh, I think I put verse 34, so. Do not think that I came uh, to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. And, of course, he explains what he's talking about because it almost sounds contradicting right there. 
But it goes on, it says, For I've come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now, most people can maybe agree with that one, but, but uh, you know, we're talking about family members, close family members here. And a man's enemy will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Come on. And he who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. One translation makes the Amplified says that if you're willing to let go of the lower life, you'll find the higher life. Amen. And, uh, but if, you, if you're, not gonna, you're only going to hang on to the lower life, guess what? You never do find that higher life. Still with me? A lot said there. Now, um, Karen, let's put that uh, Luke 14, verse 26. This is Luke's account of this verse. Uh, one of these verses here, and this seems pretty serious. It says, if anyone comes uh, to me and does not, he says, literally says, hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also he cannot be my disciple. Now, of course, this is Jesus talking, and somebody speed read that and think, uh, dude, that's pretty serious, right? Well, the word hate here, because, you know, you, you, look, you have to look it up and see what, what, what's that word there mean. But it means to love less, okay? So then you go back to Matthew. So Matthew, you know, 37, verse 10, pardon me, chapter 10, verse 37, kind of makes sense. He who loves father or mother more than me. Hello. So he's not asking anybody to stop loving their parents, or stop loving their kids, amen, or, or a family member. Come on now. God's not in the business of tearing families apart, but He is, amen, looking for you to be more focused on Him than anything else, including family. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, some people, that's easy, okay? Um, you know, you maybe... You know, you, you weren't real close to your families. I mean, so, yeah, it was easy. I kind of went on my own thing, went on my own way, and, and you know, my original family's not a, not, a, not, a, you know, not a distraction to me. You know, it could be. could be. Um, I moved 1,500 miles away from my family. So that makes it a little easier to not be distracted. But I'm not asking everybody to move 1,500 miles away. Okay. Uh, and uh, I just had my, some of my family members here just a week back, you know, and had a great time, wonderful time. Uh, but my family knows uh, this is what we do. Jump on or jump off, whatever, this is what we do. And, uh, you know, we, you know we, we, we stay pretty busy, and, and we've got a lot of things going on, and we say stuff like praise the Lord and hallelujah, and, you know, we kind of talk that way. And uh, whether you're in the house or not, it's irrelevant. That's what we do. That's who we are. And uh, that's kind of how it works, you know. And, uh, and I have found, and, uh, you, know, you, you, you know, we've said it many times from this pulpit, that uh, the key is to live God loud, um, get locked on to God, stay locked on to God, move forward. And you'll find most people come right along. They'll, they'll follow. It happens. Somebody said, well, what if they don't? Listen, you stay focused. Because one of the problems that we've had over the years, and I'm uh, you know, just talking, this is more about experience now. Okay, so let me, let me bring it out. But um, again, we're not 
uh, trying to meddle. We're not trying to say something here that's going to upset anybody or get you to hate your, your pastor. But, um, but sometimes, you know, you got to talk about these things. And so, uh, you know, I have found over the years, I've been, um, let's see, been, you know, when you count youth ministry and everything that we've done 30-some years, you know, uh, since, what, 1986. Uh, been involved in some facet of ministry. Been doing senior pastoring for since 91. So where you at, you do the figure. I don't know uh, what that adds up to. But uh, been doing it for a few years. Seen a few things. Um, didn't didn't uh, necessarily do everything right. Learned a lot of stuff along the way. Uh, learned a better to do this than that, better to say it this way than this way. Learned a few things. Some people still think I struggle with that one. But anyway, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's kind of how it is. You know, you're just moving along and you do what you're called to do. And, uh, and I found that not everybody hooks up, not everybody connects. Some people did for a season. Uh, things happen. Um, I've seen people uh, get offended at things. Um, sometimes... Uh, you know, they get offended at, at me, um, but I found most of the time they're offended at somebody else in the church. I, 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 they, they, they always want to tell you, I love you, pastor, but I'm leaving, right? And it's like you're thinking, dude, you're, you're distracted, you know, you're letting something get to you. Okay, it happens. Uh, we have some people that have left just, you know, they just flat just said, you know what? I don't want this anymore. I'm done. I'm out of here. And that and they were they they were done. Whatever. We have some people that left. Uh, they come up, literally told me, and they were very, you know, very, you know, straightforward. And they just let it be known. Listen, every time I come here, I get convicted. And I like living with my girlfriend. Get the picture? Mm, I get it. So I'm going to the other church. Okay, uh, thank you for the info. I don't have to call you and wonder where you went. Um, I know now where you went, and that's good. It happens. It happens. I, you know, appreciate it. But I have found I've lost more people due to family than I've lost all the other stuff combined. And that's just, like I said, my experience. Maybe other pastors say, no, I don't, I've never had that happen. That, that's fine. But in my experience, 30 years or whatever, uh, I've seen more people lost uh, that have left, that have maybe, maybe even some of them even literally gave up their race. Some maybe just got, you know, you know in, on E Street and, you know, whatever. Some, you know, are no longer even serving God anymore. Some are even now even no longer with us anymore. All kinds of things, and, and my point is not to, you know, try to magnify any of that. My point is just that how many people get distracted because of relationships, family? Well, you know, uh, I want to go live close to my grandkids. Well, we all love our grand sugars, man. Praise the Lord. But, dude. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I met a, I met a, I met a woman. Well, good for you. 
And we will now be going over here. There you go. I would say something there, but I better not. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So you found a girl. Well, good for you. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and uh, you know, it becomes then an excuse that uh, it's no different than when the, when the father was inviting everybody out to his son's wedding and everybody had an excuse. And one of the excuses was, I have married a wife. And your point is? point is it becomes a distraction. Now, I'm not, not down on the wife. Are you hearing this? Some of you think, whoa, pastor. No, I'm just saying it is amazing how many times family can get people off the race. I'm just saying. Now, I'm looking at all of you because some of you are looking, you're telling me I look or you're kind of doing this number on me. Please, no condemnation, no guilt, but you got to understand that the enemy loves it when you know, you get, you know, distracted. And listen, I'm just going to tell you, please hear me. The best way, the best thing you can do for your family, the best thing you can do for that spouse, the best thing you can do for that loved one, the best thing you can do for that child, the best thing you can do for that family member is serve God. That's the best thing you could do. Stay focused, run your race, all right? I guarantee you, you have a better chance of reaching them, helping them, ministering to them, being a light to them. Amen. Is anybody hearing me? I'm just, you know, and, you know, you met a wife and praise the Lord. Then get your butt to church. Well, she don't want to go. Hello, you think it's going to get easier? Well, I met a guy. And are you hearing me? And somebody said, well, we, we go to this other church. Well, that's, that's fine if that's what you're called to do, but you told me just last week you were called to be here. Is God a psych, you know, kind of schizophrenic? Well, Is anybody hearing me? I mean, you just told me that. I, I was where I belong, man. You're the, you're the best thing since sliced bread, man. This is where I belong. God called me here. And, and next week you. Is anybody hearing me? Well, so I, so listen, listen, I'm not, I think I have a right to say something on this. I would call that a distraction. Are you hearing me? It's one thing if we're called to be somewhere else, but, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, that's not the deal. Nine times out of ten, it's, you know, all these other things become a higher priority. And this is why he mentions taking up your cross. Why? Because it's about denying yourself a little bit. But hear me? We love our loved ones. We love our families. That doesn't, just because you made a decision to run your race... Doesn't mean you love your family any less. Right? 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 That doesn't mean you love them any less. It just, you know, it just stay focused. Finish your race. Do what you're called to do. You might be amazed at how 
your light now becomes a difference maker in that individual, whoever it is, that loved one, that, that close associate, that friend, whatever, just by you serving God. You know, one of the, uh, had a many of these things, um, but one of them that always, you know, the one I share, I've shared many times, and of course, by this time, this gentleman's already gone home to be with the Lord, but um, he was a very hard, hard individual, and um, worked, you know, near him, and um, very hard, and you just, he always looked like he wanted to hurt somebody, and uh, he had served time in prison because of a, he had killed a rapist and uh, come up on a scene, a man raping a woman, and he just beat him to death. And he had to serve time for it. So he was very bitter. And uh, so anyway, um, but just lived it, talked it. He was there, and, you know, it was obvious, you know, he was a grump and um, just kept going, right? Well, when we gave word that I was, I was done there, I was going to come pa- do a pastor church, and, and uh, he was the first guy to come over to me and said, where's your church at? Going to your church. And I thought, you know, just one of those things like, dude. Yep, and he did. Started coming to church and uh, actually got pretty close to him. From there on, we made many breakfasts and things that we did together. And, and um, the point is that, um, you know, this, you know, he made a decision to just serve God then. And his family, one by one, came into the kingdom. And he was a very, like I said, a, at the time was just hard. But he just started doing it. And then he, he, he was... He got so hardcore, Jesus, it was like, what's your problem? Serve God, man, or die. (laughs) What? That offends you? And he's like, dude, dude, not quite like that. (laughs) I agreed with him, but not quite. Just don't quite say it like that. <laughs> but he, he was actually a lot of fun. So anyway, I had a lot of fun with him. But uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, the point is, is that, you know, he, he kind of just made a decision. And, and one day I get to see him again in heaven. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in heaven now because, uh, because of that. And so, and, you know, and hopefully his family's all still serving God. But, um, you know, we all have family members that, and friends and associates that, you know, we maybe don't lift them up every day in prayer because, you know, that's that crazy uncle. You know, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> but, but that other one, that's pretty tight. You're pretty tight with them. And it means a lot what they think and, and you know, and that's your child and that's your grandkid. And, and you know, these are, these are things that are dear to your heart, you know. And... Yeah, if you don't watch it pretty soon, you know, you, you, you lose focus. And now it's all about, you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I think grandkids are meant to be spoiled. Somebody says, is that scriptural? Well, whatever. I just, you love your babies. You love your, your grandkids. And, and you know, you, 
you, you'd do anything for them. And, but the best thing you can do for them is stay focused. That's the best thing you can do for them. Stay focused. Serve God. Stay in the race. It's the best thing you can do for them. And, and you think about this. Think about the empowerment that comes. Think about not only do you have a God that's on your side, but think about by staying focused, He gives you witness and leading, shows you what to do, how to say it, the things that happen, all those things that would normally derail you, God has already showed you how to take care of that, deal with that, and the whole time, and in the end, everybody's serving God. I mean, we got promises on that, but when we lose sight, and now all of a sudden it's all about us and what we're going to do, and we get, we get derailed. And then what happens? We're not helping anything here. Y'all with me? You still love your pastor? Amen. And uh, good night, man. We love our kids. We love our grandkids, and we love our spouse, and, and love those loved ones and our parents and these are people that are dear to our heart, you know. But the best thing you can do is stay focused on your race. Run this thing, praise God. And yes, once in a while, you got to pick up that cross and deny self. Come on. And just say, you know what? Regardless of how they think or where they're at right now, I'm going to serve God. Amen. And trust God. Because remember, it's about, right, trust Him that he's got my back on this, amen, that he's got that loved one. He's, he, that's my concern. The words that he'll, he'll take care of that which concerns me, and that's a concern. He'll, he'll take care of that. But when I get over here and I'm constantly all caught up in it and now chasing after everything, what happens is you, now you're derailing yourself, and then now you're no good to anybody. Come on. And maybe that's a strong word, but I think you get the point. You're not, you're not helping anybody now. But by staying focused, staying on track, run your race, amen, and knowing that, you know, you're going to trust God. Now, listen, if you say you trust Him, let's trust Him. If you say you're going to, you're believing Him, let's believe Him. Come on, right? But the only way it's going to happen is staying focused. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Did you get anything tonight? Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you all stand up, praise God, and let me pray over you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.